And we are back. I am here with Nathan, the Nathan Luke. The facilitator. <laughs> the facil- His new nickname, folks. Like, we're rolling it out. We don't have one for Cody yet. Yeah, we're still working on him. But my wife came up with one for me, didn't she? She did. Why don't you tell everybody about it? <laughs> I don't know that I want to. The manipulator. <laughs> and when I heard that she told you that, I I didn't disagree. I know. Like, yeah. you embraced it yeah. thoroughly. It's like, wow, fits you. So, I guess maybe the best way to start then is just to say, hey, listen, if you have any good ideas for a nickname for Cody, we're thinking something to encompass how corny he can be at times, maybe. I mean... Yeah, definitely. But it has to end in aider. Yep. Right? Yep. I mean, for it to work. Facilitator, manipulator. (laughs) Fill fill the variable there. I I was thinking maybe eventually we could change mine to Terminator, maybe? No, I think Manipulator's fine. <laughs> we'll stick with that one. Ugh, that breaks my heart. Good try, though, man. <laughs> I'm gonna... I'll have a few other suggestions that we can try um, in the future, because uh, that's gonna be tough. So, does that mean... I, I guess that means there's no language today. No, honestly, as soon as we started this podcast, I was like, oh man, I gotta take over the language duties, and I, I just couldn't. You know, couldn't wrangle it all right. off the top you don't, of my head. I mean, I know you're bilingual. Lingual. Yeah. You don't have anything? like. Uh, no, I don't. Have we done? I think we already used Haitian Creole. I don't know. Oh, have we really? No, not really. Oh. But I don't. <laughs> but you don't know it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Au revoir? I don't know. That's, that's like goodbye. That's a, yeah, that, that, that is a goodbye. Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> all right. Well, we missed last week. Um, got, uh, busy going into the 4th of July weekend and had to cancel kind of last minute, which stinks. So, uh, we apologize for that. Uh, we definitely do not like missing these, uh, these times. We, it, not only do we feel like it's, you know, a blessing for each of us who are involved, but, um, we just enjoy putting the content out and, and you all interacting with it. So, uh, if you hear this, share it, like it, you know, tell others about it, um, and uh, and you know, we want to keep this thing rolling. A couple things, uh, we're back at church, man. Like, we've been going back, you know, for a few weeks now, two weeks back in the building with multiple services. Uh, things have gone really well. It's been, yeah. been, been very smooth. Outside of last week, I got in trouble. I don't did. Yeah, I got in trouble. Well, you get in trouble every week. But what did you get in trouble last week for? (laughs) Well, uh, I did not dismiss properly. Ooh. Yeah. I didn't notice. Yeah. It was first service. Ah, okay. So because we have to dismiss everybody and then the next group's coming in, people need time to clean, you know, in between services. And I kind of just said, hey, have a good day. And didn't dismiss, and so we had a bunch of people kind of hanging out and talking, and I had to kick them out. Mm, had to play the bad guy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was not fun. No fun. No. But, no, it's been really smooth. Um, things have gone really well, and then going into this week, uh, we're 
we're in the midst of VBS. I mean, this is the second day of VBS. It has gone swimmingly. Yeah. I was outside in my truck watching it, just watching the kids play, and they were just having a blast. My son had two squirt guns and was shooting everybody with them. (laughs) They just looked like they were having a blast. Yeah, agreed. I had mentioned to you, I was watching both our boys, Bennett and Paul, as they were in the sanctuary today, and um, Paul just felt like he had to be like right, he had to sit with Bennett. Of course, we're trying to do the whole social distancing thing. Sure. Which with little kids, like that yeah. is tough stuff, it's right? It's tough with adults. I can't imagine what. Yeah. Kids, yeah, yeah. So Paul like sits in Bennett's chair, and you know Bennett's like giving him the uh, stiff arm, you know, trying to get him out. Sure. So I'm like, Paul, no, you have your own chair. Go sit in your own chair. So Paul thinks, well, if I can't sit with him, the next best thing is to put my chair on top of his and then sit. Right beside him. So he moves it over. Makes sense. Yeah. And then Bennett pulls his chair away, and then Paul moves. They made it about 15 or 20 feet before I finally shut it down and <laughs> sent him back. Uh, but they were doing a little worm crawl with chairs across the uh, sanctuary during the worship time today. Yeah. No, it is. it is. It's good. It's good to see the kids playing. Um, the snacks have been fantastic. I'll just say, like... They are on point with the nice. snacks this year. Well, they yeah. got like Teddy Grahams or uh, fruit today snacks? they did like um, it was it was popcorn from the movie theater. Oh, the nice. huge bag! Oh yeah, yeah. oh my they love that. Yeah, and then they mixed it. It was like a they did their own like trail mix like with it. So they had a bunch nice. of other things added to it. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really good. So VBS is going great. The singing's going great. Ashley, of course, as always, is doing a phenomenal job, along with all the volunteers. So mm-hmm. commend them, and um, the kids are absolutely loving it. The only thing that I've heard negative about it is Paul and Nora both have said, you know, is Paul going to be there at mine, or is Nora going to be there at mine? And having them split up, I mean, you just can't do that. Sure, but, right. But but it's good, man. It's good, and and with what's going on, you know, just you can't you can't beat. It. I'm just so glad you know, some of that normalcy, you know, is back. Yeah, definitely. And next week, the Jewelers, the Haineses, us, the Zinks, and Jana are headed to Butler Springs for the week. Love that place. Yes. Did yep. you did you ever did you do camps there? No. Really? But I went hiking in that area a lot. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've like been onto the campground there yeah. just to kind of like, you know, see it, observe it. That's got to be a fun place. Oh, for my kids. goodness. It's got to be a blast. Nate, you're going to have to do camp. You're going to have to lead some camps. You're going to have to do it. You would be excellent at it. You're like an outdoorsman. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're like looks, the, you're like the Bear Grylls of well, Leesburg Church yeah. of Christ. I don't know about that, man. No, I don't not. eat worms and stuff well, like mate, he does. All you have to do is eat worm and then you say, I eat worms now. All right, there you go. <laughs> like, I mean, you, you, you got can this. hold me to that. If, I, <laughs> if, you can, if you can compare me to Bear Grylls, I'll do that. <laughs> You'll do it. <laughs> and you have to jump out of a helicopter. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the, the buck... It's a work in progress. We'll, 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 see how we, we'll see how we go there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're at Butler Springs... Next week, so we have a full week. They're at Safari. The Jewelers and the Haynes are at Safari. 
They have like 15 girls and four boys at their camp. Yeah. Yeah. So is Cody prepared for that or no? Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's got a house full of women, so he's more prepared than Haynes. Oh yeah. Well, no Haynes coaches girls. Yes, they are prepared. prepared. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is like God ordained or something like this seems almost like it was planned out. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So crazy. Um, Jana Hodson has been l- recruiting like a mad woman here lately, getting some last minute signups. She's a beast. Man. Yeah, she's been tearing yeah. it up. So she had like four girls to their group. <laughs> here you go, Jared. Here you go, Cody. You guys are the all star team. Yep, all star team. Here we go. But because we're going to be there, we have decided that the podcast is hitting the road, my friend. That's right. On the road, on college the road. game day. Yes, I mean this is the beginning. Coming to your city, or <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Coming to your woods, a woods near you. Woods near you. <laughs> and who who's going to be the guest next week? Chris. Let me let me back up. The the Chris Osborne. Chris Ozzy Osborne. <laughs> Chris Ozzy Osborne. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to join us for, for our session next week. I'm excited about that. We're going to talk about, you know, camp. We're going to talk about, we'll get into a lot of stuff, uh, topic wise, you know, just that we'll go around kind of this, some of the changes that, that are going on there. And, you know, I, I, I talked to him, I said, you know, I just, I really want to hit on why he believes camp is a valuable thing, you mm-hmm. know, in a young person's life. Yeah. I mean, we encourage, you know, growth in a lot of different ways, but I know that has like a special place in his heart. I mean, he has a real calling to that ministry. And so I thought we could get into talking about that with him and, you know, just his call to that ministry and why he thinks that's valuable. And, and I loved his, uh, his background story. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and we'll, and I'm sure we'll ago. talk some about that too. Yeah. You know, because that, that was really good. Honestly, I mean, you know, it was walking away from you know, the life that most people are working towards, he Mm -hmm. walked away from it, you know, for something, you know, that God had given him a a real clear passion on. Yeah. Um, I was talking to, well, Emma and I went to uh, Columbus two days ago to pick up a couch that she'd found on uh, Facebook Marketplace and and that could get sketchy sometimes, dude. That can get sketchy, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, I, you took the words right out of my mouth. Man. Be careful and carry a firearm is all I can say. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> or at least a solid taser. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but we actually, we went, it was a really nice neighborhood, really nice area, and we pull in there and, you know, we're talking to this really super nice couple... Um, and, and, you know, going really well. And, um, we got to talking about what I did and, you know, here's a guy you you could tell he had a lot of success. I think Emma said they had just moved. They were in like an apartment complex type thing, but it was like, you get your own like little house complex type thing. It's, you know, they're cookie cutter, but they just moved out of five bedroom, three bath house, you know, with the in-ground pool, like into this place. So they were downsizing, you know, they're on the back end of their lives and just kind of downsizing with something easier to take care of. And we were, he asked what I did and I said, you know, I'm 
preach and farm and, and just, he, I, I talked, we were talking about farming and stuff and I said, you know, it's, and this reminds me kind of, of Chris's kind of decision, you know, farming and, you know, living in, in a community like this, you know, the opportunities are not as big, right? but it's the life. Yeah. It's the lifestyle. It's family and community and, you know, that close, the close knit groups that are formed from that lifestyle that is so much more valuable than any kind of financial gain that we could have from living in a place where, you know, yeah. you're just another person yeah. in an apartment. Not that there's no value in those things. Not that there isn't value in living in a place like that and doing those things. I'm just saying, like, it's the lifestyle. Yeah. Rather well, than... My brother who lives in Columbus, I mean, he always talks about that, moving from Greenfield to Columbus. It's, I mean, obvious differences, but it is the lifestyle. Just it the is. fact... You, you're closer to people, but you're not really closer to them. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I, I understand that. I agree, and I and I think uh, I think there's just something really beautiful about that. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to a conversation with Chris next week. So uh, join us here. I'll uh, be recording Thursday night. Depending on how the internet situation is up there, we'll be we'll determine a little bit later. Yeah, it may yeah. the the podcast may get uploaded just a bit later or yeah. the early the next day because yep. depending on how things go, right? Because um, we're gonna have to record even a little bit later as well. So, but no, join us. I think it's gonna be a good conversation. I'm looking forward to it. Um, today's conversation we we had kicked around this idea for a couple weeks and it's something we felt like was appropriate for 4th of July but I want to talk about freedom a little bit freedom um, <laughs> William Wallace yeah, yeah Braveheart man yeah actually it's not Braveheart. William Wallace Mel Gibson said that you're right you're right I'm such an idiot yeah come such on get your historical facts right Gosh, yeah where did I go to college for man <laughs> <laughs> but when you when you think about you know a weekend like this you know where we take time to celebrate our independence our freedom as a nation um as a people what comes to mind for you like what do you think about like and and i guess you know in comparison to maybe other nations, other governments, you know, other places in the world, like, you know, like just what comes to mind and, and, and how do you process that? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to compare, you know, the country that we live in to other countries. Um, cause there are, there are a lot of great places out there besides just America. Um, and there are different versions of what freedom means to people in different countries as well. You know, in America, we have kind of a hyper patriotic view of freedom. Very right? much so. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely sensationalized, right? And freedom in a lot of other countries just simply means the ability to go out and vote for who you want to vote for. And we definitely take that for granted here. Oh, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and we kind of, uh, I think we kind of perverse it in a way too. You know, we got no offense to my boy Kanye West, but you know, when when Kanye West says that he's going to run for president, you know, that's, 
I don't look at that as something that is, you know, <laughs> how do I say without, without sounding too mean? It, it's, it, it's almost kind of like a joke, I guess, to a lot of people. Um, so I, I look at freedom in our country. We have a long way to go. And I think truly understanding what freedom means, but on the other end of that, you know, we do have a lot of opportunities in this country that a lot of countries do not have. A lot of countries just simply want the right to vote. We have that. Sometimes we make a joke out of it, but we have it. And a lot of countries don't. And just the, the opportunity to choose who leads you, who guides you in this earthly realm, that's a really underrated concept to a lot of people. Um, and it it is so, so important. Um, well, and I would, I would say even, Probably, you know, at least some of the things that I think is, is this, yes, we have the right to vote, but does it, I mean, this is the, you know, I think this is maybe a younger generation mentality, but, but does it really matter? You know what I'm saying? I mean, a lot of people think that does it really matter? Does it, is, is it, is it really something that is. I mean, we do have that right, but is it something that that truly can swing or make a difference? Right. I don't know that we always feel that way. Yeah, you know? because the voices that you hear the loudest tend to be those minorities, you know, that have the most sway. Right. You know, and it may not represent the bigger majority of people, you know, but it can be very frustrating, you know, when mm-hmm. you, I mean, just the, with the media and. You know, all the things you see on TV and all the things you see, you know, in, you know, on, on social media and all those things like those, those voices are so loud. Yeah. They have megaphones and they're screaming these things out and it's what gets all the attention, you yeah. know, modern day populism. Yeah. Like whatever's yeah. popular and the loudest. Yeah. And I don't, out. I don't know that that represents the the bigger majority of this nation and, and where they stand and and I do think we're in a more polarized place than we've ever been uh, from a liberal and conservative standpoint. I mean, the yeah. extremes are getting the most attention. Yeah, and the reality is like neither you know m- make any sense. You know. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's hard to to feel that you know that that pride in the ability to do that. Like I think it it once possessed, you know, that you once had in that, in that realm. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's part of America. You know, we, we have that freedom to have, you know, a choice that may not be completely popular on one side, but might be really popular with a certain, you know, group or groups of people. Um, and, and that is our choice. That's our freedom to think that way or, or to act a certain way. Um, and even though a minority or even a majority of people may not like it, that's, that is our true freedom to be able to, to do that in this country, which a lot of people view as a bad thing. And a lot of people may view as a good thing as well. You've traveled to other places as have I. What do you get? What is what is your sense of how people view you as an American, and then even trying to kind of see through the lens of their eyes, you know, and how they view their plight within 
the their national situation. Like, what have you observed? What have you seen there? Yeah. So I, I mean, Haiti's really the the big reference I go to here. Um, in Haiti, if you are an American, from the moment you step off the plane, you're a rock star, and not a rock star in the sense that like people totally think you're awesome, like because they don't, but they know that you have money. Yeah. And more than likely, you're willing to give a little bit of that money away while you're there. So I think people, you know, especially in third world countries, less developed countries, they're going to look at an American and they're going to say, you know, because of their circumstances or this or that, uh, we're going to treat you in a way that's just different, right? And they may not know anything about the American political system, our culture necessarily, even though we've, I mean, again, we're, our culture is spread everywhere, right? Americanization is throughout the world, Mm -hmm. but they may not know a typical American, how they act on a daily basis. But, you know, typically they see an American, they, they say, okay, that person, they come from a country that's doing something right. They have possessions, they have money. They can obviously travel here, even though they don't have to. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess that's how this, just the sense that I got from people in Haiti when I traveled there was, yeah, you're, you're kind of a rock star because you have more stuff than us. You have more money, more opportunity. I think even more freedom. Yeah. And yeah. I think even in like places like India that, I mean, the government, they vote, they have, they vote. They have a democracy of sorts there. Sure. But the corruption is out of control. Yeah. Um, There's a, I forget the name of the show on Netflix, a guy, he's an Indian, and he does a show called Patriot something or other. I don't know. It's but he he actually talks, he does a whole spiel on India because he, you know, of course he's from there. Right. And dude, it is corrupt, like to the point where, you know, like these, these, they, they will send their people to the election booths and they will sit there and say, who are you going to vote for? And if they're not voting for the right person, they'll send them away type things. And, and, you know, I mean, you've got this huge population and it's the same thing. The caste they're, system, does that come into play? A oh, lot absolutely. Yeah. The caste system comes into play. Um, now they, they you know. In regard to that, you see less of that in politics in the sense of it like being brought to the forefront. But your pedigree, your background, you know, your bloodline, all those things absolutely come into play yeah. with any of that stuff. I mean, and and your how well you are to do. I mean, poverty there is, you know, rampant. Mm. Um the suicide rate in like agriculture farming there is it's crazy, man. Like it is amazing. It's amazing. They even have farms in in India considering how much land they have compared to the population. Well, the farm, the average farm size is like a few acres. Yeah. Has to be purely subsistence farming. Right. They have, I mean, they have no concept of, uh, some, some farmer having, like even here, you know, a small farm would be a thousand acres. They that that doesn't even like register right. to them, you know. I mean, they're they're by and large they're pulling, you know, plows with 
with cows still. Yeah. And that's how they're working ground and they're planting seeds by hand. So essentially it's just a big garden. Yeah. You know, and then to get that grain hauled to the place where they can sell it, you know, they have middlemen coming in with trucks to load this on who are taking a, a cut of the profit. And Probably then they're totally take, taking advantage of Well, abs- the I mean, through the whole system is corrupt. Yeah. 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 There's no, you know, the government's not, you know, um, overseeing this well enough. And even the people that are from the government that are overseeing are, are getting money and, and they're corrupt as well. So yeah. it's just, it's ugly situation. So yeah. even though they have, essentially they have freedom, it's, there's no freedom there, man. Sure. Like it's the haves and the have nots. And honestly, I mean, in every nation, you know, that's the way it is, yeah. you know, and even in this nation, that's why I think our vote, that's what we're starting to feel with our vote is, does it really matter, you yeah. know, because ultimately the haves, the people that are paying, you know, for this and that are the ones that are getting their way. And so you have presidents coming in and, and you're saying, okay, well, if I vote for this guy, then I know he stands for this, but then he gets in the office and the things that he said he's going to do, like he doesn't do. Right. Because, you know. He's being influenced by these things, by by the haves, essentially. Super PACs. Yes, yes, all of those things. And so, again, you know, is it real freedom? It is freedom, right? Right. But it's almost a false freedom, you know, that we have. And and how do we deal with that? And, And again, I think... You know, you look back at what this country was founded on. You look at you look at what the Fourth of July and Independence Day like mean, and absolutely, those are things to be celebrated. But at the end of the day, like if we're if we're placing our trust in a government to give us that freedom, then it will fail us every time. Sure, it'll fail us every time. Yeah. Well, I I forget who said it. Um, it was one of the early colonialists in America. He said that America was more in danger of becoming um, a kingdom than any other country in the world. Because when you come over here, you don't have a king, like a public king, right? That can be held accountable by people. You have all these private kings with all this money that's protected by the government. So that, that concept with me is always kind of stuck. Like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. We have a lot of private kings who honestly have less accountability than what a public king would. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's crazy to me. Well, and I think too like you know, uh, you know, a monarchy has gotten a bad name because you have because it is it does ride on one person and that sure. is a bad name, but but scripture uses the analogy of a kingdom all the time. And in fact, like the government that God set forth in Israel you know, yeah. they asked for it, but he said, yeah, here you go. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I can work through that. And it wasn't ideal. He's like, hey, listen, sure. I am your king. I am your God, you know, but but it wasn't ideal. But that was the, he didn't set up a democracy there, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and, and so I, I agree. I, I think, you know, there is, we have some susceptibility to some things that other places don't. And it's not perfect, you know. No. Uh, democracy is not perfect. A monarchy is not perfect. Capitalism is not perfect. Right. You know, Marxism and socialism, those things are not, they're not perfect. There's only one perfect, you know, way to govern, and that is with God completely in control of our lives. Godocracy. Hey, dude, did you did you coin that term? I just coined that term, man. Wow. Like, Put a stamp on it, LLC. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for sure, for sure. I, yeah, that. No, that's good. I, it, but it is. 
Um, and I think the more we realize that, the more we're going to have true freedom in our lives. I was, um, I was thinking about this the other day and him and I were talking, a lot of things had come up and it was just a conversation about a lot of things that at the end of the day, you may be able to influence, but you cannot manipulate, even though I am a manipulator, right? Correct, right. <laughs> but I mean, the reality is like there are things you can absolutely influence in your life and you should mm-hmm. to the best of your ability to bring out an outcome that is God honoring, God glorifying. Yeah, we do it with our kids every day. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but there were, you know, some situations that we were kind of talking about and thinking about and processing, you know, how do we handle and, you know, she was, Emma was, was getting kind of stressed about it and what can we do and how can we do this? And I'm just like, babe, at the end of the day, like, it's just walking away and saying, I, I want this, I want the outcome of this to be good. But if it doesn't, like, I trust the Holy Spirit in this, mm-hmm. you know, and ultimately, like, that's the greater guide. And even when I'm I'm counseling with people, this I, you know, I've done this so many times, especially more at the this back end of my ministry so far, not clear back end, you know, but just the, the back end of my ministry up to this point. Right. The thing that I've constantly done with people is, and I even do this in my sermons, like, you already know these things. I'm not telling you anything new. Yeah. Like God has already been speaking to your heart. Do you know how I know that he's already been speaking to your heart? Because it says in his word that this is what's right and this is what's wrong. So I know the Holy Spirit's been telling you this. Now, whether you're willing to listen and pay attention and follow through with what you know the Holy Spirit's speaking into your heart, I, I can't tell you that. Right. But I can. I know what he's saying to you. You know. So what are you going to do? It's your choice. You know, and and... and that is a freedom that can only come when we let go of control. Yeah. When we let go of the fight and when we embrace being his follower. Right. And ultimately, like, you know, scripture uses the term slavery for us as followers of Christ mm-hmm. submitting to his authority. Yeah. Now that doesn't sound like freedom. Like it sounds the opposite of what the world says freedom is. It's a scary term for yeah. a lot of people. It is. It's very scary. I mean, because you can talk about a lot of things that Jesus did and a lot of people really like a lot of things that Jesus did, but when he says things like that, yeah. you know, you have to give up your freedom and submit to these rules, these guidelines, these, you know, these strictures, these, you know, laws. People are like, eh, I don't like that part. Nah. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. But through that is where you find your true freedom. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what people don't, that, that's what we don't get. That's what we can't get our minds around. Yeah. It's this radical servitude. <laughs> that creates the most freedom in our life. Yep. There was a, there's a story in scripture. Um, 
in Matthew chapter 15. And Jesus is going along, and he's 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 walking from one place to another, and he kind of passes through a an area um, that is not under the the you know the borders of Israel, and a woman sees him and and knows who he is, and she comes in up to him and she says, "Hey, will you will you heal my daughter?" And I mean, Jesus has this really harsh conversation with this woman like it's like it's brutal yeah. like I, I want to read it because it's just I, I don't think I do um do justice to it but but she was crying she says have mercy on me Lord son of David my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon but he did not answer her a word Jesus didn't say a word to her and his disciples came and begged him saying send her away uh, she's crying she's following us she won't leave us alone and he answered I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's what he tells her. So here's a woman in desperate need. At first he ignores her. And then he says, hey, listen, I wasn't sitting here for you. Leave me alone. She comes back. She says, she knelt before him. She says, Lord, help me. He answered, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. So he ignores her. He says, leave. And then he calls her a dog. I mean, get a clue, right? Would you have stayed at that point? Man, I, if that was anybody but Jesus, I probably would have punched him for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not punching Jesus, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't punch yeah. Jesus. Don't punch Jesus. Yeah. I would have been pretty frustrated here. Yeah, I mean... You know, what kind of radical faith and commitment does it take or or belief in something to stick even when those are the those are the things that are said and how that would make you feel. And the humility, man. Oh my goodness, man. <laughs> I mean to put yourself to the low. Yeah, yeah. To put yourself out there like that. Yeah. She said this was her response. Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus said to her, A woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Wow. I always forget about that story. Oh my gosh, it's so powerful. Yeah. She submitted herself in one of the most radical ways that she could taking on a lower form than an animal, a dog. Yeah. And that, <laughs> Jesus shows us, is what real faith looks like. Mm-hmm. And so I, you talk about this issue of freedom, and I think, what should the church look like in a nation where there is freedom to operate, freedom to practice your religious desires, right? Whatever you want, however you want to do it. What should it look like? That's a great question. I've never thought about that before. I'm asking you. You have to answer oh, it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the hot seat, dude. What should I Cody sh- Cody's not here tonight. Gosh dang. He it, had a Cody. meeting in Wilmington. Couldn't be here. Okay. So you are on the hot seat. Right now Cody would be like Scratching his leg and like shaking. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna laugh too hard. He was... 
Um, man, what would the church? What should it? One? What should it? I mean, you know, I mean that that's what essentially what we have in this nation is the freedom to practice. You know, religion to practice our faith in any way we want. What should it look like? Radicalism. I mean, it should. Right? Yeah. It should look like a bunch of people going crazy, but what does it look like? Loving. Faithfulness. Do you think we're getting it done as a church? We got some area for improvement. All churches. I agree. I mean, by and large, I would say with the amount of freedom that we have and the impact that we have, those don't match. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... Oh, don't I, you feel like, in a way, we've conformed to our culture rather than led our culture into something that sure. represents Scripture and represents what the church should truly be? Yeah. I mean, do I think Jesus, if he if he came back today and saw, I mean, he's always seeing, obviously, but if he if he came to our church and and saw the things that we were doing compared to what he feels we should be doing. I think he would be not angry, but disappointed, right? Putting, putting, you know, having some projectors and putting some songs on the wall and, and singing them like many churches do in a robotic state. Um, us included sometimes. I think we can all admit to that, right? Yeah. I think Um, we have to. Yeah. You know, seeing us in a robotic state, going through the motions, not reaching out to the people that we really need to reach out to, not not trying to get people to come here, but going forth yeah. as God. Well, that's what he says. Go make disciples. Go, go make disciples of all nations. Right? Yeah, love love God, love others. Go. I mean, if we truly love people, then we, we go. Go to the dumpster yeah. and go make a disciple for me. Yeah. I would say no church is doing that. To its greatest capability, and I think now, I think things like Kairos. I, I think Kairos, man. I I need to get in on that. I think that's one of the best ways that we can go forth as Jesus has ordered us to do. Well, I mean, and and it's one of the things he says. Hey, listen, go to the widows, go to the orphans. Yeah. You know, go to these hey, these James. downtrodden, trodden yeah. these these lowly these no names these people that need something the prisoners they're, i mean they're the ones who need freedom the most right they're right. they're the ones who need the freedom that jesus provides them the most and it's our job to do that and i yeah sometimes we don't do a very good job of and, it and then i think it's you know one of the things you've seen you know here recently is the call for popular or uh, famous people to use their platforms to speak out against injustice, right? Right. Well, the question is, what are you using your platform for? And that's the question you have to ask yourself. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, what are you using your platform for? Now, I, I don't think we can turn this into this religious thing where we make this checkbox and, and we check these things off. I mean, we can become very religious and oh, look at me and toot my own horn type stuff. I don't think that's what it becomes, but it becomes a lifestyle of living radically for him in everything that we're doing. And so when I'm on the farm, you know, what does that look like to honor God and live radically for him? You know, when I'm, when I'm preaching, what does that look like? When I'm sitting in a room, 
you know, you know, with a microphone talking, you know, on a podcast, what does that look like yeah. when I'm at home with my family, when I'm, when I'm raising my kids that I've been so convicted lately because, you know, there, when I was taking the school kids to school every week, and you know this, cause I would take Bennett to Greenfield, we would all pray mm-hmm. and I would pray. Yeah. And so I was modeling that, but then they were praying in turn. Right. Right. Well, when we get into bed at night, I don't do that. Like it's different. At night, I just let them pray, and then I walk out. Mm-hmm. Well, they haven't had that modeling, and I just I felt so convicted about that lately. You know, just the amount of time that I'm spending modeling this. I'm modeling my lifestyle. I'm living. I'm doing. I'm saying. I'm I'm being that person that I that I want them to grow up to be. But am I modeling these? these disciplines that are going to help them become the godly person they need to be. And I, I don't, you know, I'm really disappointed in myself lately about that. And so am I living radically in my marriage? Am I living, living radically with my kids and my family in my sacrifice, you know, in my tithe, you know, and all these things. Am I, am I doing that? And I can say, you know, I'm, if I compare myself to most people, I'm probably doing better than they are. But that's not what we're to compare ourselves to. Right. We're to compare ourselves to the law. Yeah. We are under bondage to that. And only when we put ourselves under bondage do we experience true and lasting freedom. Amen, brother. And so, if you want freedom... The first thing you have to do is submit to him. Lose your freedom to gain it all. Yeah. <laughs> to gain everything. You know, we made that comment at the beginning. Farming, living in this community, it's about the lifestyle. Well, I'm telling you this, man. There's no lifestyle better than a Christianity. And I don't care what nation you live in, whether it is a dictatorship, where it is socialism, where it is Marxism, where it is capitalism, where it is democracy, whatever, it does not matter. With Christ, you can have freedom, even if you're in the walls of a prison. I've heard that story over and over again. You talk about Kairos. Mm -hmm. Those guys will receive Christ for the first time, and they'll say, listen, I am glad I'm in this place. I'm glad I'm in these walls because I am more free than I've ever been in my life, and that is the reality of what it means to be in relationship, real relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we're striving for, man. That's what real freedom is. So when we celebrate Independence Day, we absolutely thank God for the people that came before us to create the situation we're in. But we absolutely need to look to Jesus first and foremost because that's where our true freedom is. Yeah. Amen, man. Good conversation day, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to next week, though. Um, be good having Chris on. Um, be good to uh, be good to move locations. I wonder if we could like do something in the woods and like birds in the background. Yeah, the birds, yeah. Oh, that'd be sweet. I was, I was just gonna say that squirrels, yeah. whatever, bears, whatever sounds squirrel makes. Yeah, bears, bears. Yeah, we can get some bears. <laughs> Yeah, we probably have to like ship those in, won't we? We can order those on Amazon. We can order <laughs> anything on Amazon. Probably Amazon Prime. You yeah. probably have to have a Prime account. I'm a Prime you? member. So oh, sweet. We'll yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next week. Um, Nate, will you close in prayer? Yeah. 
Lord, once again, thank you for allowing us to uh, converse with each other, listen to each other, and just really embrace each other, hearing uh, the daily and weekly happenings, um, and just, you know, connecting and bonding with each other, Lord. Uh, Lord, we just pray that throughout the upcoming week and beyond, uh, our minds can refocus onto you. Um, we can appreciate the the laws and the obediences that you have put before us um, because we know through those things that we will achieve true freedom through you and your son, Jesus. Um, Lord, uh, just protect us for the rest of the week. And uh, we pray for uh, also the camp at Butler Springs as well. Um, keep everyone there safe, Lord, and focused on you. And uh, let everyone just have a good time. Yeah. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And we are signing off. Have a good week. Bye-bye.